Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. <laughs> oh. That's funny, huh? Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. That's right. We also work our nine-to-five jobs together, we teach together, and we own the Lovett Company. We do so much together, and we wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for living out our 24-7 relationship. That's right, a relationship that is all day, every day. Plus, we wanted to share with you how we managed to run our business alongside full-time jobs and still find time for kids, chores, and fun. So in this podcast, the Success in Black and White podcast, we will talk about navigating the gray in life. So get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to be bringing to you real talk concepts every week as we share some of our stories, best practices, as well as talk to guests about how they found success by doing extraordinary things in their everyday lives. Welcome back to another episode of Success in Black and White. The podcast. The podcast. What's up, everybody? We are um, very excited about tonight's episode. I say tonight because it's night when we're recording. Um, But we're very excited about the episode um, that we're about to record right now or that we are recording right now. Jeez, that's why you always do the intro, huh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but no, I'm really excited, though, because this episode is going to be fire. Yes. And the reason why I say it's going to be fire is because we are about to talk about communication. And one of the reasons why we chose this topic to follow our most previous um, re- episode released, which was reprogramming your mindset, is because we kind of talked about what sparked that um that topic and kind of how we got to talking about reprogramming your mindset. And one of the major things which led into that was a conversation that was had between April and I, yeah, where we had to communicate. So what and it was not easy communication. No, not yeah. easy at all. So no. what better way um, to follow up reprogramming your mindsets than with communication? So that's yeah. what we're going to do tonight for everyone that's watching us on YouTube. April is still rocking the success in black and white signature tee. Tonight, I am rocking the V-neck. This is this is my communication shirt. But okay, but you have to tell them why it's your why it's my communication shirt. shirt. Are you gonna make me okay? So I have on a V-neck tonight, <laughs> right? And it is my communication shirt because it is open, just like. I like my conversations to be open conversations. So the V is reflective of open for open conversations. Come on, y'all. Come on now. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I got my communication t-shirt. Last week I had on my mindset hat. Today I got my communication t-shirt on, which is a V-neck. So this is going to be interesting because if you're watching on YouTube, you can only see like the very, you know, top part of them here. So you're going to have to get super creative to come up with pieces of clothing for each of our topics that no, you can only put it's just depending on, on your how face, feeling. like your head face area. Yeah. Well, I got on a hat too because I just, I had a hat on and I, I usually rock hats sometimes and as hot as it is outside here, I got to make sure I keep the bald head cool and covered. So I have on a hat and I just haven't taken it off yet. Um, so, but the V neck though, this is my communication shirt. I had to put this one on specially for this episode. You are literally so crazy. I'm killing it right now. <laughs> and if you listen in, go tune in on YouTube and you'll get a good glimpse of what we talking about. It is very open. Yeah. The V neck. Don't be hating. Um, I'm not. Don't be hating. No, it would have been better if you did like an unbutton, you know, like a Fabio <laughs> or wait, yeah, Fabio. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, I'm doing enough right now with the V neck. Yeah. It's okay. Very pretty. So something happened in our lives recently that really changed the course of our entire lives, honestly. And it doesn't. It didn't seem like the conversation that we had to have would prompt that, but it did. 
Yes. And so, um, and I say the course of our entire lives because it really changed our plan of action for business. And that has in fact changed our entire lives just in the time that we have had that conversation together. And it wasn't that long ago. So I really want to give a background of what that story is. Um, do you want me to start telling it? Yeah, you can start telling okay. it and then I'll jump in and kind of okay. give my side of it and, so, and how it happened. <laughs> like mine's not going to be accurate. I mean, we're I, already having communication issues. You know, you got there, there are three sides to the story, right? There's your, your side, side, my side and the right side. and my side. No, that's not how that goes. <laughs> Two to one. My side wins. So anyway, so. This story was, if you listened last week, you heard it on our episode last week, but basically um, what happened was Daryl had to come to Jesus talk with me about our business. And um, for those of you new to the podcast, I started a brand new role um, at work in January. And this role was very taxing on me mentally because it came with a lot of educational pieces. Like I was not awesome coming into the job um, at this specific job just because I didn't have the hard skills yet. And so I was learning a lot every day and it made me very exhausted at the end of the day. Well, the end of the day is the only time that we get to do our work because this is still a side business for us. And so we come home, we spend time with the kids as a family, we have dinner and then we put the kids to bed and then that's our time to work. So like the kids go to bed at eight, eight thirty, and then we're working from eight thirty to eleven thirty or midnight usually just on business. And so for about three months after I started my new role, I did not do anything business at all. And that was really hard on Daryl because he continued to pull his weight in the business. And I just stopped because I was like, I'm tired. Like I'm mentally exhausted. I've been learning so many new things that my brain stops functioning by the time we get home. And that was not fair. And so, and he never came out and said that he, he was able to communicate that to me in a way that was very productive. Um, and we think that the tips and tricks we're going to kind of talk through today and some of those elements of that conversation and the way that we communicate would maybe help people in relationships or even in business relationships. I know that there are times like in organizations that we work in that you have to have really hard conversations with colleagues or with direct reports, or even with maybe your boss. And so some of these tips might help you, but we're going to approach it from a relationship standpoint um, because that's our best expertise with each other Right? is how do we approach conversations and communication as a couple. Yes. Um, so yeah, so that, so the conversation that he had the courage to have with me um, really lit a fire and we've been just on fire since then, but it was a risky conversation for him because um, he put out there that he was like, if this is too much for you, we can put this business on a shelf for, you know, indefinitely until you're ready to pick it back up again. And that's a hard conversation to have when we've spent three years developing the business. And so that conversation was risky for him because it could have gone one of two ways. I could have been like, thank you. I'm exhausted. I need a break. I need the time. But then our business would have faltered or it could have done what it did for me. And that was light a fire. Um, and but you didn't know that going in, and that was a risk that you had to take having that conversation. So we kind of wanted to break down, um, especially well for both of us, and we'll use that as an example. And we have some other examples too as we talk through some of these points about our recommendations to have um, productive and positive. I want to say positive conversations, even mm-hmm. though sometimes emotions get involved when you have these hard conversations with your partner, and it doesn't maybe always feel like it's positive or even productive, but on the other side, it might be. Um, Because I'm curious then from your standpoint, you you know, just to set the tone, when he had this conversation and he approached me, we were literally like, just dropped the kids off, getting to work at our full-time jobs. We didn't have much time, like, you know, we're not punch the clock, but we didn't have much time before meetings started and stuff. And he was like... I've got to, like, I've got to get this out. I've got to have this conversation. And so we had all of maybe five to eight minutes that this conversation occurred in. Mm -hmm. And I know that from my part, the only thing that I confirmed was that 
no, I don't want to put the business on a shelf. But I know because I was emotional at the time and I wasn't like crying emotional, but it just made me emotional. Um, I felt bad. I didn't feel defensive because I knew he was right and that I wasn't pulling my weight, but I felt bad. And so I had to, I was kind of internalizing all these emotions. So I didn't give you a big answer besides like, no, I want to still do this business. And so I'm assuming then that you're thinking like, well, she says she wants to do the business, but she doesn't seem that enthusiastic about it. Or like, I don't, there wasn't much other conversation because we had to go and we had to, you know, get our full-time jobs done at that time. So I'm curious, leaving that conversation for Mm -hmm. you, what were your thoughts after you approached me about this? Definitely. So what I'll do is give a little bit of context to the conversation from my end and my perspective and um, what prompted me to even initiate that conversation. Um, I, I don't know how much you remember exactly what was going on in that moment, but we were talking about some things and trying to plan out some things to accomplish that evening and that week business related while we were driving to work. And okay, yeah. yeah, and then enthusiasm wasn't really there. And I knew you had been struggling. And and I know that when you get stressed out and, um, you know, you're a little bit overwhelmed, how you respond and how you react. And I could sense that in the moment while we were talking about business things. And what that did was that was an open invitation for me to kind of initiate the conversation just a little bit and then the way that the conversation went and the direction that it took kind of led me to be able to um, give you that ultimatum but I wasn't giving it to you in an ultimatum way right yeah but but it didn't really come across that way but that's essentially what it was now when I think about it uh, my whole objective was to make sure that I was taking care of you And I knew that my best way of taking care of you was to, one, identify what the stressor is or was and to identify the most appropriate and best way to alleviate that stressor from your life. And in that moment, we were talking about the business and I could sense that during the conversation, you were becoming a little tense because you were trying to prepare yourself to go to work. And we were like, all right, we're going to take care of this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And then I could sense that the energy wasn't there. And I was like, hey, all right, I can sense that you're not you know, really up about this. You want to just squash it. And that's kind of how it came about. And that's yeah. what prompted. So um, in that moment and your response, I, I trust you. And I took what you gave me as face value. And it was the optimism behind that, too. Because mm-hmm. you didn't immediately jump out and be like, oh, my gosh, yes, I'm so sorry. I got to do better. You were just kind of like, uh, OK, no, I don't want to scrap it. Let's think about it. Let's talk about it a little bit more. Let me figure some things out. And I was like, all right, there's hope. There's optimism here. She doesn't want to scrap it. She didn't really say, you know, how she was going to turn things around and what her next move was going to be. But I trust you. And I knew that we would figure it out together. So that's where my mindset went. That's what I thought. And even though there wasn't really any confirmation, I was left on a high note knowing that the confirmation that was going to be received later on would be to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And you gave me that in few words. (laughs) Um, But like I said, I trust what you said and I trust that you answered me honestly. And you did say, I don't want to scrap it. And I was like, okay. Like I took that for face value and then everything that followed that I was like, it's all optimistic. It's all progressive. So she wants to keep doing this, but we'll have to figure out the logistics and how we're going to continue to move forward. Right. And I think that's a really good, I actually don't, this is not on our, on our list that we created beforehand to talk about um, like tips and tricks for communication. But I think it's really important to understand the emotional context and investment from both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. So for me, understanding that I'm going to feel emotional because that's what happens when I feel bad or like I haven't fulfilled my role. 
And so for me, I was very emotionally invested in this conversation because I felt like I hadn't fulfilled my role in a partnership that we claim is a team partnership. And if that's right. true, I wasn't pulling my weight. Right. So I felt bad. So I was emotionally invested that way. And he had, again, I say risky because he had no idea how I was going to react. And so it could have even been like, yes, I want to do the business, but now I'm super emotional before I go to work because I feel really <laughs> bad. And lo- like, luckily it didn't turn out that way. Yes, I'm glad. <laughs> right. But at the same time, like he had to take his emotions into mm-hmm. into context too. And so I think the thing um, that we have probably learned together about communicating in the relationship over the years is there's going to be one party that is more um, in their right mind when having conversations like these because one party, if it's going to be a communication and it's going to have some element of conflict around it, then one of the parties is going to be emotionally invested. Right. It's better, and we haven't, we actually never talked about this, but it's better for one of the parties mm-hmm. to have a clearer sense of mind and be able to be the one leading that conversation. Right. So um, I think that this is a good point that I want to make sure that I share that it's not gender specific. Yes. I want to make sure I say that it's not gender yes. specific because I know previously in the past, you know, I used to catch myself in conversations saying, oh, you know, women are more like this. Men are more like yes. this. It's definitely based on context. It's mm-hmm. definitely based on situation. And it's definitely based on circumstance because in that moment, she had an emotional attachment to the conversation and I was more level headed. Mm-hmm. But I know in a lot of our conversations, I'm the emotional one, depending on what the circumstance or situations are. And she's the level headed one. So um, I just want to make that clarification that it is not gender specific where the woman is always the one that's emotional and the man is the one that's level headed. Because I know for us and we figured it out that sometimes those roles are reversed depending on the circumstance and situation. Yeah, Um, because I know that one um, conversation in the time that we had to communicate where like. I was crying like we were sitting right here in the living room and um, she shared some things with me. And I mean, you want to talk about emotional wreck because I felt like I had let her down in our relationship and she was level headed when she was like, no, like straighten up. Like, come on now, get yourself together. But my feelings were hurt because I'm invested in this relationship and I value what we have. And I felt like I had let her down in a relationship. So it's not gender specific. Um, mm-hmm. It's circumstance and situation specific. And it could swing either way. So, And I think the approach is important because in both of these scenarios, you approached me with a very level-headed, very matter-of-fact, but still a lot of empathy and concern. In the situation that you were talking about where I felt like I had to address some things with you, I will, will, in all uh, transparency, I did not start out the conversation (laughs) that way because it was one of those like, everything had escalated to this moment. And I'm sure people understand like, if you are carrying any type of emotional, I hate saying emotional baggage, because that's not exactly, I don't think it has the exact context of what I mean. But if you're just carrying emotions about something, it can come to a head. And it did. And I had a slight, I I remember saying this, I hardly, I only say this to our son, like as a joke. And I, I actually said to you, like, just chill or something. Oh, yeah. She said that to me for real. But it wasn't a joke. No, it wasn't a joke. She said that to me for real. And I never say stuff like that. Oh, man. We we don't talk to each other like that. So immediately I felt bad. But then there were other issues that had to come up, you know, from from that. There was a reason that I had blown up. And so we talked through it. But and so once I got past my initial blow up. Um, which I'm still embarrassed about, like even telling you guys that I said that. Um, nah, don't, don't be embarrassed. But but it happened. Oh, it happened. And, <laughs> oh, I remember. And 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 this happens with a lot of couples and a lot of relationships. But I I then came down and became the level headed one, and I had a certain empathy. And at the same time, there was a a portion that was like, okay, I want to talk through this practically, even if you're emotional about it. Yeah. And I'm sure you were the same way with me, where. I was emotional and you're like, yeah, I want to talk practically through this. Yeah. I was fired up at first because she came at me like that. I, yeah. With the just chill. Oh, I was like, excuse me. 
Yeah. What? And we don't. And we don't I was talk to fired up. And then she came right back with an with another low blow. Boom. And then I was like, "So you really feel like I'm not carrying my weight in this relationship emotionally?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my gosh! Like what?" And then I was I lost it I, I, because that's one of the things that I take great pride in making sure mm-hmm. that she knows that I'm emotionally invested in this relationship forever. Right. And when she shared that in that moment and some things that had occurred that she didn't feel that way, I was like, nah, baby, like I ain't going nowhere. And I felt bad because things that I have done gave her the impression that there was that that was a potential or a possibility. And I was like, I was like, oh, man, I lost it. I was like, no. Um but how she came at me and how she started out the gate, I was fired up because I was ready to box with her. And then she hit me with that right after she told me to, that I needed to just chill my stuff. I'll say stuff. I oh, needed yeah. to just chill my I stuff. I forgot the rest of that. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then she hit me with that other one. Boom. And I was just like, oh, man, golly. So um, I think those are those are two great examples when you yeah. want to talk about serious situations where communication comes in. Um, so let's get through some of the yeah well and i wanted to oh no go for it i'm sorry no i mean yes let's move into some of the steps that we have down but i really wanted to follow up on especially like taking thinking about the conversation that we had specifically about the business where i wasn't pulling my weight you had the courage to speak up Mm -hmm. right and I want to know, because one of the things that we also know is knowing when to be quiet. Yes. And that's an important skill to have because not everything needs to be addressed and not everything, maybe things that need to be addressed, but they don't need to be addressed in that specific moment. So um, talk to me more about knowing when to be quiet when you're communicating with your partner. Right. Awesome. So I think that there are two contexts that you can take this, um, take this in, like knowing when to be quiet. So knowing when to start and initiate a conversation and say something or not. And then knowing when to, in the midst of a conversation, to be quiet. So I think it's two contexts. So first of all, knowing when to be quiet, meaning that me not address it with you in that situation was not an option. Right. And you definitely opened the door um, while we were discussing it and I was like, okay, Daryl, this is not a time for you to be quiet and let it ride because that's initially what I was thinking. Like, just let it ride. It's no big deal. Um, but to me it was a big deal and I knew it was something that I would have continued to think about. And I knew that, um, it was something that would have came up later on Mm -hmm. and I would have told you that I was thinking about it earlier and you probably would have said, well, why didn't you say something? And that's just me knowing you. So in that moment, I was like, just take advantage of this opportunity. And this is not a time to be quiet. This is a time to express what you're thinking, express what you're feeling Mm -hmm. because you're on the topic right now. And you have a little bit of time to at least address it or to initiate the conversation for for thought points that you can continue at a later time. Yes. So I knew in that moment that was not the time to be quiet and to let it ride. Agree. So hopefully that answered your question. It did. When when would you recommend that people do stay quiet if they're like sometimes there are pressing issues and this has to do a lot with personality, I think, Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of times like if I have an issue or I am in conflict with somebody, I don't like there to remain an underlying conflict. Right. So I want to resolve it as quickly as possible. But timing is so important and knowing when to be quiet sometimes is one of your best tools Mm -hmm. in your tool bag for communication because the person that you're talking to may not be ready to receive that information. Correct. So how do you, how do you recommend that people kind of distinguish between when to speak up and when is the best time to just be quiet? Like, are there cues? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So, (laughs) so for me, being quiet is something that I'm good at. I'm great at being quiet. You are very <laughs> good at being quiet. And some people like it and a lot of people don't like it. That's true. Because they're always trying to figure out and they're always wondering, what am I thinking? What is Daryl thinking? And they want it's to like, know. It's like, where's Waldo? And they it's want like, it to come what out. What is Daryl thinking? Yes. So so definitely my feedback specifically when you're talking about um, communicating and having difficult conversations, um, knowing when to be quiet and when to speak up. 
definitely if there's a situation that you haven't had a chance to think through thoroughly mm-hmm. um, because what you don't want to do is engage in a conversation that can be very intense and you don't have your thoughts put together because you're going to try to think of it on the spot and what comes out may not be appropriate at that time or it may be uh, misunderstood. So making sure that you have your thoughts together. And if it's something that you thought about for a while and you're ready to have the conversation, making sure that the other person is ready to receive it. And that's based on knowing the person knowing the emotional investment in that situation and if the timing is right and if you can feel that the person is ready to receive that message Um, if you sense that someone is already irritable and you want to have a different a difficult conversation Mm -hmm. then you might need to keep it quiet and let's back up a little bit because I think this I think that part what you talked about is having that intimate knowledge of how a person behaves and Mm -hmm. interacts and their emotional whereabouts at any given time takes a lot of time. Right. Like how long did it take you to be able to read me and understand how I would respond or if I was ready to receive information from you? Definitely. So when you care about somebody um, and usually if you're going to have a difficult conversation with somebody, it's someone that you know and you're familiar with and you're, comfortable with and you're confident in even approaching that person um so with you no matter what or how long it took i think the thing is i know you love me and you know that i love you and you know that anything that i say to you is going to be for the betterment of you and our relationship or whatever we're talking about in the conversation Mm -hmm. so for you it really wasn't a time thing gotcha it was a feeling thing an emotion thing a connection thing and i think that's very important and if you're ever involved in a conversation or difficult or easy with someone that you don't know like it really doesn't matter so you can go and say whatever you want to because you know that that relationship is not there uh, now, if it's someone that you're invested in, someone that you want to have a continued relationship with, someone that you has had a relationship with or that you have a connection with, mm-hmm. then you want to make sure you take those steps of making sure that they're in a position and a place to receive your message and that you're in a position and a place to give the message. Yes, I agree. And I would say the one caveat to not caring about <laughs> what the person might think is if is if you're at work, um, because you may not know the people as intimately, you may not understand how they react. Although if you work somewhere for a long period of time, you're going to, Ooh, she went there, right? I just want, <laughs> I wanted to clarify because I think yes. about some of the relationships that we form so deeply are at work. And so yeah. even though they're not as deeply as like what you and I would have, or what a romantic relationship or a familial relationship would be, you're with the people you work with often, like constantly throughout the day, usually, especially if you have a full-time job. And so I just wanted to clarify that. Oh yeah, that's good. There are definitely ways that you have to learn how to communicate with people that you maybe don't have as intimate of a connection with. Yeah. So, and I'm glad you said that and thank you for adding that in there. And then I'm about to say this and I'm about to pop some bubbles. Um, if you have to lead a conversation with someone, um, outside external or if you have to tell someone like well I really don't care what this person had to say or I really don't care what this person thinks that's the first lie that you're telling yourself because if you have to tell yourself you don't care what they think you care enough to say that you don't care what they think so you care what they think interesting yeah so if you're talking if I'm talking to you and I'm saying hey April you know I had a conversation with so and so and I really don't care what they think about me but But I really do yeah but you really do but I told them this the fact that I had to tell you I don't care what they think or what they have to say is the first lie that I have to tell myself to convince myself that I don't care and really I do care. So so if you have to think through that process before you have a conversation in your mind, you're like, well, I really don't care what they're going to say. I don't care what yeah. they're going to think, but I'm going to say this anyways. Then you might want to take like a couple of seconds and do what I said before. Get your thoughts together. Yeah. Make sure that you're in a place in a position to communicate with this person because you actually really do care what they're going to say or how they feel or what they think. 
Sorry, I just had to pop some bubbles. It's true. Because I know I used to do it. Yeah. I don't care what they're going to say. I don't care what they think. But I'm going to say it anyways. And then I'm like, the fact that I just said that to myself in my head, I actually really do care what they think or what they say or how they feel. So, all right. So, um, I also want to talk about in a lot of the conversations that we have, especially when they are, they don't necessarily have to be conflict. Like, We've definitely addressed times of conflict with us, which Mm -hmm. I think is usually what most people are looking for advice on because it can be very difficult to get through conflict and there's emotions on both sides. Mm -hmm. But some of our harder conversations um, maybe include, well, okay, so I'll give you two examples of what I think harder conversations for us include that aren't necessarily conflict, but they require a certain amount of communication. Okay. I think anything regarding our finances (laughs) (laughs) and... Our children, like decisions, major decisions about our children. Like, for instance, we just the other day had to decide that we are going to move forward with a procedure to put tubes in Vaughn's ears. Yeah. Um, which is never, it's not an easy decision to to say, like, yes, our child should have surgery. Right. But at the same time, there were pros and cons. And luckily, we were on the same page with that. Right. Um, with finances, it's much more complicated because... There are so many different things that go into it. And and finances actually, um, I actually think is a really good talking point for a lot of the conversation because <laughs> I know you're laughing, but in reality, finances are... I'm going to look away while she talk about the money. Finances are the major cause of divorce in America. And it's because I think couples don't understand how to communicate with each other and we're still learning our vibe and communicating about finances but we have an open space for communication and i think that's the first step open open like your shirt like my v-neck yes (laughs) so anyway i wanted to just point that out because the next um tip that we have or, Mm -hmm. or thing that makes us successful in communication as a couple is active listening yes and this is not always easy. Um, and it's it takes... Like, people may think that they're good listeners, but Ooh, they may not be Horrible, listeners. horrible listeners. <laughs> right. And so it takes... I know um, a bunch of them. Yeah. And, they, and they'll say, like, I'm a great listener. I'm a great listener. Yeah. I listen. I I'm know so what good. you said. Yeah. And I'm like, you're no, a horrible listener. Right. And when we talk about this, I have a lot to fire off on this. So you let yeah. me know when it's my turn. Okay. Like, there's a big difference between just listening and between active listening. Mm-hmm. If you're just listening, you're going through the motions. Like, you're staying silent so mm-hmm. that that person can talk, which is an important part of listening. But And you may or may not be taking into your brain and processing what they're saying. But usually people who are just listening versus active listening, if you're just listening, you're usually thinking through what you're going to say before they're done talking. And for some of us, like myself, who have very fast moving brains, Mm. um, this can be an issue. And it's something that I've learned is an issue with me and, um, (laughs) <laughs> I try. I've taken years to work yes, on this, and I'm still Lord. not perfect. Yes, Lord. Um, but that is, it's very important. So with active listening, when you're actively listening, obviously like you have, you're listening and so you're processing, you're taking in all of the things that your partner is saying or this person is saying, but at the same time you're confirming like, right. Yes, I understand what you're saying and maybe not saying anything, but with your body language, you're confirming, you're nodding your head. You are, um, your eyes are on them. You have, you maintain eye contact, um, those kind of things just to confirm that you're really you really are listening you really are processing what they're saying and then don't be thinking about your rebuttal right, right. like just think about what they're saying and actually think about how you can apply it if it makes sense what they're saying and then come back with a not a non-defensive response <laughs> which is not easy either mm. <laughs> people on YouTube can see how I'm feeling about this yeah mm. It's hard. Like I'm rubbing my eye. I'm rubbing my face. I'm scratching my head. Cause yeah, I'm what's like, all your Ooh. body language saying? What are you telling us right now? Preach, sister. Preach, sister. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Because you are preaching to yourself right now. 
and I'm just rubbing my eye. I'm just like, mm, say it all for yourself right now. Okay, but I have gotten better, so let's you at least have, acknowledge that. Hey, I'm definitely going to acknowledge that, and definitely, I appreciate you, baby, for Thank you. trying. I appreciate affirmation. And the only reason why I can mess with her about this <laughs> is because I am great at active listening, and mm-hmm. that's my strong suit. Am I right about it? That's true. Oh my gosh, I just sounded like my dad. Yes, you know. <laughs> am I right you about went, it? You went preacher, man. I know. Am I right about it? That's my dad saying um, he's a talker. Right? He doesn't do very well at actively listening. Shout out to Pops. I love you, though. Pops. Um, anyways, um, with active listening, I am I'm very strong at that. Yeah, you and, are a good actor. And, and um, I think that there are a lot of things that come along with that. And we talk about active listening. You talked about a great... Um, component of it as to the acknowledgement and the confirmation with the body language Mm -hmm. um, or even some of the the verbal you know confirmation that possibly comes from it but I'm going to talk about the other part of active listening since you covered that side I'm going to go to the other side active listening is not always interrupting somebody that's not active listening oh yeah 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 oh 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 really yeah i got it oh yep mm-hmm, sure enough i got oh you right about that uh-huh like let's just confirm are you talking about me right now no i'm not uh, okay i'm talking about a bunch of people right now and if you want to know if it's you and you listen in and you're wondering Although i just interrupted about you, you you just and then did, I did it again. and you did it again ask me and say hey was that for me and i'd be like it sure was you want to talk about it let's communicate <laughs> um no the jumping in finishing people's sentences oh that drives me nuts when i'm trying to formulate my thought and complete a sentence and somebody jump in and finish it for me um i'm immediately like immediately like now is the time for you to be quiet like why do you think you know everything you don't know it all um and then sometimes i'm like so really you think that what you have to say is more important than what i have to say even though it's my turn to talk right now i think that is really really important that's how i feel most of the time i'm like why am i even going to have this conversation and sometimes which i'm not encouraging anyone to do and this is not one of our tips i just shut down mm-hmm. because if you cut me off enough i feel like you're not invested in what i have to share back with you and it's not important what i have to say or what you have to say is more important than what i have to say and i shut down yes so you when you're practicing active listening like make sure you're aware and check yourself sometimes now when you have a conversation you communicate with somebody check and see what you do see how many times you jump in and say oh yeah yeah Uh uh-huh oh yeah oh oh you're right about that oh mm, uh like all of those little ad libs and those add-ons and those interruptions and jumping in and finishing people's sentences is not actively listening that's i'm really glad that you brought that up because i think that there are some people who teach and or educate and or just think that some of those verbal confirmations are helpful and are active listening and so I'm glad that you are dispelling that myth right now absolutely sometimes I feel like you're just trying to rush me along in the conversation I do I feel like that sometimes if you hit me with Mm -hmm. a couple of ad-libs I'm like, dang, you just trying to hurry up and get me to say what I need to say so you can keep it moving. And if you ain't got time for for me and you don't you're about to do it again and you don't want to <laughs> talk to me, and you want to ad lib me and push me through the conversation. Don't approach me in the first place. That's true. This is Daryl being real right now real and saying time. what he thinks a lot of times when people try to talk over him or cut him off or interrupt yeah. him or hit him with the ad libs. But I'm sure there are many other people that feel this exact same way, but because they're courteous and respectful, they just stand there like I do and don't say anything and actively listen and take it in and then keep it moving. You got me started. I knew, I told I you. I told you I had it for this. As soon as you said active listening, I was like, okay, <laughs> you about to start something right now. Well, I hate to... I know I we, we got to move on. I know we got to keep it moving. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, no, I think yeah, definitely. Important. So hopefully I said something to the people that add all the ad libs and cut people off and um, gave you the perception of what people think. And um, you think about it the next mm-hmm. time you're communicating with someone or you're in a conversation with someone. Just count how many times you ad lib or how many times you cut them off or how many times you try to finish their sentence. And then look at their face and their body language and their emotions and see how connected they are with you in the conversation if you're a person that does this all the time. Next. Next. Mic drop. Next. Um, So I really want to get into, um, because we always just 
like have really good conversations, which mm-hmm. is part of communication. Um, but we go for a while. So I really wanted to get into timing. Yes. Um, since we are running a little short on podcast time. Um, I want to make sure that we get into timing because I think this is one of the most important parts and it's hard to know. This for me was a learned skill and it was a learned skill specifically with Daryl and I still don't always get it correct, but this was a learned skill because timing I'm not always good at and it's, it's because I'm selfish. (laughs) I don't even know how else to say that. Like, I want to, if there is something that is bothering me, I usually want to get it out. And once it's out in the open, it's got to be resolved. Like it has to be resolved right away. Right. And so for me, that is one of my issues is timing and understanding correct timing. Um, he's affirming me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Preach to yourself, sister. Yes. Yes. But this is definitely a known weakness of mine and one that I own up to because I know I can be better in it. And so, and I've learned along the way. So what are your recommendations for how to ensure that you can have appropriate and again, productive and positive conversations and outcomes of conversations and communication when it comes to timing of the conversation, how do you know when to time the conversation? I think there's one thing that you definitely have to take into consideration, and that's the severity of the situation or circumstance that led up to the conversation or the communication that needs to take place. Okay. Um, so basically, an example for us would be in the midst of when Anna had a major meltdown and breakdown. Mm-hmm. And how we were going to deal with the situation, who was going to go in first, who, how we we're going to handle it, who was going to talk to her, how we were going to talk to her. I mean, we used to have we used to have to talk about that because um, our styles are a little bit different in um, disciplinary and in how we handle the kids, even though we agree a lot that it has to be done. Mm-hmm. But how we do it is different. So yeah, um, I do want to preface. Sorry not to interrupt you, but I do want to preface that it is not a lot different because I think that that's yeah. an important part of like when you're initially, so yes. for those of you initially in a relationship, if it's a serious relationship and you're talking about kids, yeah, we have a very general agreement and understanding of disciplinary procedures with our children. Cause that's important. Cause if they're too far offline, you're going to struggle in the marriage Overall, because kid decisions, like you may not be thinking about it when you first get together and even when you talk about getting married, but decisions about kids can can sometimes make or break a marriage. Yeah. And so we were very much on the same page. And yes, we have different styles, but for the most part, that's a very important. I just wanted to add that caveat for those of you who don't have kids yet. It's super important to talk about. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Let me get back to get what back I was to saying. It. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And we told y'all earlier that one of our biggest communication pieces is anything around money and our kids. So when I said the different styles, we both agree that discipline has to happen and that the communication with the kids have to happen. But how we do that is a little different, but we communicate about it based on the situation. Um, So sometimes it is me leading off as the disciplinary person. And then April follows up with, uh, all right, hey, listen, I know you just got in trouble. Talk to me about what happened. What led you to do that? What made you feel like you had to do that? And and vice versa. Sometimes April leads with, "Okay, let's talk about it. And then I come in with the disciplinary side of it or she does saying that, "Okay, even though we talked about it, you're still going to be. Um, asked to give us your toys or asked to do this Mm -hmm. or may have to sit in your cool out chair for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by when I say different in approaches, because me, I'm always like ready to go in. And that's just how I was raised as like the disciplinary person. Like, hey, okay, listen, you need to sit down somewhere and April will maybe come in and be like, okay, hey, what's going on? Why are you feeling that way? And then she'll hit her with the well, you have to be accountable for what you did. I'm like, oh, no, you go in there and you spank that little butt. And that's the accountability piece right there. Um, nah, but but anyways, um, like the severity of the conversation yeah. or, or, or the 
circumstances that the leads to the communication. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, let's start off there. And then um, next, when you're talking about timing, right? Right. Um, making sure, like I said, that you're in tune with yourself and you know how you want to communicate what you need to communicate and the other person is in a place to receive it. So I think that's, right. I think that's very important. I think, um, I'm curious cause you have on here how long to devote to a conversation. Yeah, I do have that on And that. that is, um, intriguing for me because there have been times where we have spent hours discussing the same point and there have been Ooh. times where we've spent five minutes or less discussing that same point. Um, so what is your take on timing of a conversation? Um, I feel like that's something that you have to fill out during the conversation. Um, also the ratio, Mm -hmm. you have to really take into consideration the ratio and, and both people, I'm hoping that you think about this from your perspective and other people that are listening, think about it from their perspective so that if you're communicating with them, you understand the feeling, uh, feelings and emotions that are invested into that conversation that you're able to fill it out and then understanding the ratio. Alrighty. Did, you know, this person get to say what they felt like they needed to say. And did I say what I felt like I needed to say? Do I feel like we equally listen to each other Mm -hmm. to where we can come to a resolution? And then sometimes there are going to be circumstances, situations where, you can't address it all during that time Mm -hmm. and how you end that conversation is very important. And what I mean by that is making sure that you establish the follow-up or the future conversation or how you're going to proceed after you have that communication. Um, So I think timing is all based off of the current conversation and how it flows and the ratio I also want to add, I think that, um, it also depends on length of time with that person. And again, intimacy of the relationship. Mm -hmm. I can think of times like early on in our relationship, if we would disagree, there would be hours spent trying to figure out because we were still navigating each other's personalities and idiosyncrasies. And we were just trying to figure out how to communicate best, but I kind of lost my train of thought with that one, but, but I really think like as we moved and got older and like grew in our relationship, it got better. Like we wouldn't spend as much time talking about a similar issue that we would have when we were in a younger, younger phase season. I know I'm trying not to use that word, but I'm losing, (laughs) like I'm, that's not the right word I want to use. It's all good. But yeah, the younger younger side of ourselves were just a lot more, I hate saying dramatic, but it was more dramatic. It was. And you know what? And and something that really just kind of popped into my head was the ego thing. We we definitely had that. Um, And it's not about like controlling a conversation or making sure that you hear what I have to say and you get my point. It's about understanding each other. Mm -hmm. And I knew that. Well, I'm going to speak for me. I knew that earlier in our relationship, I wanted to make sure that my point was clear and you understood where I was coming from, as opposed to making sure we had an equal understanding in what we were communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I let that ego go out the window and I was like, all right, cool. It's about understanding. It's about give and take. It's about us together. Not did she understand what I said? Do you get my point? Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that matters. And I think that's something that definitely needs to be taken into consideration when you're talking about one timing, but one overall concept of what communication is. Right. Um, I like that you said that. Yes. So I want to talk about one last point. Okay. Um, because I think it's important and that is a wordplay. Ooh. Yeah, and wordplay is really important in communication, regardless of if it is uh, conflict communication or if it's just a normal communication. Maybe it is it weighs heavier. Maybe it's a very light conversation. It doesn't really matter. Wordplay is always going to be a factor. And when I think about the term wordplay in communication and how that is a skill and how it is an asset in communication. I think about for me specifically, and this is something that I know you've learned about me, I need some sort of affirmation um, or acknowledgement that I 
either am there and present or that my feelings are there and present and that they're okay to have or that something maybe I've done is is good and worthwhile and then we can move on to the rest of the conversation and if that is critical feedback or if it is we need to have this hard conversation or even if it's not a hard conversation it's just something that I require um, for me and I know you've learned that about me and so wordplay for you what does that look like what's mm. the best wordplay for you um yeah so basically I'm just about to let y'all in on one area that I need some tremendous growth in and it's all about being tactful and I am not that no. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't say much but when I say what I need to say it's very direct and I don't word play or think about the appropriate words to use in this circumstance situation I say exactly how I feel and it comes out in very few words and it's very direct and I am continuously working on improving in that area. Um, what I can tell you, I guess, as a suggestion or recommendation, that if you are like me, please, please, please make sure that you are keeping in touch with the other person yeah. during the communication. Because if you deliver it like that and the other person does not receive it well like that, yeah. You went for a long conversation, a long communication. <laughs> Daryl's talking from experience. Oh my goodness. The confirmation, the clarification, yeah. the wordplay, the appropriate words at the appropriate time. I struggle with that because I'm a five word hit you right in the nose type person. And it comes after I haven't said anything for probably like 15 minutes in the whole communication. And then I'm like, all right, it hit me. Cool. I got to say this. Boom. Punch right in the nose. And then you're just like, are you not listening to anything that I was saying? You don't care about this. So um, definitely an area that I'm constantly growing in. And I appreciate and love you for keeping me accountable. Because when you keep me accountable and I work on that with you, I also take it out into other relationships or other people that I'm communicating with, um, because I know a lot of people probably have that um, concern or issue with me and they might not tell me. And then some people do. And they tell me in a nice way, even though you can say it however you want to. Um, but I'm constantly working on it. And it's an area that I definitely need growth in. So my only feedback would be that if you're like me, make sure that you're checking in with the person that you're communicating with to make sure that um, they are OK Good. Yes. Um, that's it. That's all we got for today. Ooh, she gonna end on me like that. Yeah, that's it. It's good. I mean, I think that we yeah. gave him some good tips. We talked about knowing when to be quiet. We talked about active listening, about timing of the conversation. Yeah. And we talked about wordplay and all yeah. of those are incredibly important when you talk about communicating, especially with um, a very intimate relationship, whether that is your partner, whether it is a familial relationship, or even if it's at work um, yeah. in conversations. Definitely there. transferable, just absolutely uh, applying it in the appropriate context. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. So I hope you guys got a lot out of this conversation. Oh, yes. And we will come back at you next week. All right. All right. Until the next time. Bye. Peace. Hey, everybody. If you like today's episode, please subscribe to the Success in Black and White podcast. You'll get notified every time a new episode is posted, which is every Tuesday. If you love this episode, help us spread the love. Rate and leave a review on our iTunes podcast episode. Also, Share that you listen on social media and tag us on your posts. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all social media platforms. And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all social media platforms as well. Thanks for listening. Oh my gosh, you sound like Keith Sweat. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, did it record? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>